Uh, praise God. Um, but I certainly thank and praise the Lord Jesus Christ for those who have come out to uh, receive uh, what God has to say. Um, last week we were talking about uh, faithfulness, but there are three uh, byproducts of faithfulness. And we said, and I think maybe possibly that one of them is going to change, and it just depends on what was said of God. Uh, but the first one was character, second one was commitment, um, and then the other one, I said covenant, but I believe it's going to change to consistency. Uh, praise God. Um, in reading out of our books on page 205, it talks about faithfulness and it talks about uh, Dr. McQuillan, Robertson's McQuillan, and how he his you know he was the uh, president of Columbia Bible College in 1990, and his of course his wife fell sick, and so he was saying that you know based on the marriage covenant that they had uh, in sickness and health, so he decided to resign uh, his position as the president there and uh, took on the task of taking care of his wife, Muriel, in sickness and in health. And so some of the things that we want to recap from last week, uh, amen. Uh, First of all, let me just go ahead and pray briefly. Father, we thank you. We honor and bless the name of the Lord. We, We give you praise, Lord, for you are truly deserving of it. We ask, God, that the Holy Spirit will teach this class. We pray that revelation will come from it. We pray, Father, that there will be participation, Father, in the name of the Lord. Uh, We pray that those that would like to share will come forth and share as well. Uh, Because I'm not the only person that the Spirit of the living God speaks to. And I know this, God. We give you praise. We give you honor and glory. And so let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and redeemer. Okay. So we talked about, number one, we said that three byproducts of faithfulness. So we explained that uh, metals can sometimes be, such as gold, it can be mixed with silver, copper, brass, um, other components of metals to mix that specific. uh, It's not the main metal, but it mixed in with other metals to make gold, okay? So it's the same thing in this process. When we talk about faithfulness, there's, you know, three components that we should at least have in talking about faithfulness. And we said character, we said uh, commitment, and probably the other one is going to be consistency instead of we can use covenant as well. Uh, We'll see what thus say of God as far as sharing that as well. So we... We said, well, what does character mean? Uh, Dictionary defines character as the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Another says it is the complex of mental and ethic traits, ethical traits, making a person. Okay, and then we talked about some quotes uh, that Winston Churchill said. He said, the first duty of the university is to teach wisdom not a trade, character, not technicalities. Abraham Lincoln says reputation is the shadow and character is the tree, okay? Uh, 
we also said uh, a couple other quotes uh, from my recollection last week. And God gave me this this morning, so I was like, okay, God, so what are you trying to say? And he says, a building is only good as its infrastructure. I'm going to say that again. A building is only as good as its infrastructure. So I was like, well, God, why do you tell me that? So what God is saying here in regards to faithfulness and character and commitment and consistency, it's only as good as what's in you. So if it ain't in you, then it's not in you. Because people will examine what you do. Some people will listen to what you say, but they're going to look at or listen to what or watch what you do. Because that's when the rubber meets the road. That's when character is showing up. When nobody else is looking, you're still living the way that God has called us to live. And we know that the scripture says to be holy because I am holy. That means when you walk out the door from the church house, when you go to work, or when you're alone by yourself and at night and nobody else is looking. And even in your thought patterns, because God can hear them. He can hear, he knows, he knows what we are thinking even before we think it. So um, that defines the individual to say who they really are, okay? And if a person has a bad reputation, it, it can follow you. It's because that's what people will notice. They say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so, I don't really trust them because of this. And so in order to change the minds and the thinking of individuals based on your reputation, you have to mean what you say and say what you mean, is what we said last week. Uh, one of the things that God shared to me, shared with me as well as I was sitting there, he says, our very words that we say out of our mouth will be tested. And God taught me that lesson a long time ago. I accepted Christ when I was 17 years old. And, you know, because I wasn't surrounded with other Christians and it really wasn't no excuse because I was still responsible because I knew what I was getting into when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. But I began to revert back in living the way that I previously lived. And God wasn't having it. And God talked to me one time and he says, and you know, for lack of you know, my recollection at this point, he's, it's in the scripture, it is better that thou shouldest not vow than make a vow and not pay it. Do never ever tell God you're going to do something and you don't do it. Because you won't go through, let me tell you. All right. So we also said uh, last week, too, as well, the hedge can be lowered to determine your character. And we talked about Job and how Job went through the experiences that he did. In other words, that level, when we talk about hedge, we're talking about a protection. And if you want to ever pray uh, a hedge of protection about yourself, 
uh, make sure you look at Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and my strength. In him will I trust. Surely he shall uh, deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. And so and so on and so on. And then he goes on. I think it's verse seven. He said, a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand and none shall come nigh unto you. So when the hedge is lowered, God is saying, if we look at the example of Job, uh, God said to Hasatan or Satan, however we want to say his name, the adversary, that have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man. Righteous. He avoids evil at all costs. And he said, well, God, how can I get to him when you got a hedge about him? I I can't. Let me tell you something. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. When we spend time in prayer, I've seen it happen. And I'm a part of a prayer group, a men's prayer group that we pray on Tuesdays and Thursdays from eight o'clock until we finish. And I've seen God, uh, as a result of us praying for people, I've seen him heal people. Uh, And, uh, you know, the prayers of the righteous avail of much. Um, I want to give you this story about this lady who was uh, a widower. She never remarried. She had 20 children with uh, with her husband who passed away early. She reared all of her 20 children. So I I believe that she was in her late 70s and she was about to go on and be with the Lord. But all of her sons and daughters didn't want her to go. They didn't want her to go. So they kept praying and praying and she would come back. And finally she got tired and said, listen, I'm ready to go. I need for y'all to stop praying because you're you're delaying me going home because I want to see my husband and I want to see Jesus. And you're delaying that. So the prayers of the righteous when we talk about a hedge can protect your family, can protect your loved ones, protect our pastor, our Christian brothers and sisters. It, It, you know, the let me just say this too as well, that the wrath of God is being held back. Now, some of God's uh, wrath is upon this earth because it says in the scripture that the earth groaneth and travaileth even until now, waiting for the, the manifestations of the sons of God. But a lot of God's wrath has been held back because God's children are here. So this is why uh, the adversary could not get to Job, because Job had a prayer life. He had a prayer life. He was praying over his servants. He was praying over his wife. He was praying over his children. He was praying over his possessions, everything. And that's why the enemy couldn't get in. And a lot of times we wonder why uh, character is built upon the sufferings that we experience. Job's character was, even though he was already a righteous man and God saw him that he avoided evil, he was the richest man in the nation, as uh, uh, Pastor Calvin Brown had said, uh, or the richest man in the East over Abraham, over everybody. So uh, as a result of his relationship with God, 
his 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 character was being built even more higher than what it was because of what he experienced. So if you are experiencing sufferings, true character is formed through our sufferings. Okay. Another uh, thing we talked about last Wednesday, we said character shows how we deal with things. And we talked about, you know, being talked about. And if you know a person is talking about you, are you going to approach them in a way that it's, you know, detrimental to your, your character and what you say you are as a Christian? Are you going to deal with it in a fleshly manner or are you going to deal with it in a godly manner? So all of that counts. And, and yes, all of us are not in the same position. Uh, some of us uh, may act differently towards that circumstance, but uh, that's why growth is is there and, and, and available to all of us that we may grow in grace. Another thing that we need to say is, uh, quote, a true character is shown uh, how we deal with our situations. How are you dealing uh, with your circumstance, your situation? Are you getting upset when you go through financial difficulties? Are you getting upset uh, when uh, something happens that really just irks you, and it might be a family member to just get on your nerves. Are you, how are you dealing with that? Are you grumbling? Are you complaining uh, about circumstances? How are you dealing with that circumstance? Uh, last thing that I want to point out too as well, we can fool people sometimes, but we can't fool God at no time at all. You can fool you know, you can you can put on this facade, you can put on this persona, you could say, well, you know, I'm Christian and, you know, as pastor, hallelujah, you know, get the regular lingo that other Christians talk about. I'm blessed, you know, when you come into the house of God. But yet when you walk out the door and somebody gets on your nerves, here come a cuss word right out of your mouth. So. Uh, God knows our very intentions even before we do it. Okay, so uh, that's what we talked about last week. Um, We want to talk about some patriarchs uh, in the scripture, but I want to challenge anybody who would like to say or give your personal definition. That's willing to come up. You ain't got to be afraid. What's your personal definition? definition of character anybody your personal definition of character even though that probably is too but no yeah who you are who who are you how how you react and interact with people that's your character anybody else all right there well, I would say it's not based off of what I think mm-hmm. I am. It's what other people say that I am based off of how I present myself. And I don't really base it off of what people say, but people are saying basically what I represent. You know, because some people will tell you what you're not, you know, because they want to hold you down. But how you present yourself represents your character. Is how you present yourself, and, and the way you present yourself is how you, you, other people will perceive you. 
you know, and that's why you have to be careful about who you surround yourself with because they can play, they can place you as in a character that that is not you. You know, they mm -hmm. say you based off of the company that you keep. Mm -hmm. You know, so excellent, excellent, excellent. Both of you guys, excellent. Anybody else? Okay, go ahead, mother, mother Glover. You know, we have a story about um, Joe um, about um, Jacob. Yes. Jacob's story was this because he wanted to get the birthright of his brother, clothe himself in a bad character. He put the, the hair of the goat and his body's mother helped him and represent himself as Esau. And he find that it was going to get bad. Great example. So he leaves to his uncle Laban. Now he suffered so long over there and the Lord told him to go back home. So he went home. And he separated the kids and the wives and everything and the cattle and leave him alone. This is going to be his character because there was an angel there fighting with him. And then now he's going to know who he is to God. Mm -hmm. So it's almost daylight and he says, who are you? And he said, I'm Jacob. Now he's going to say who he is because all what he's been going through, now he's going to tell him, I am Jacob. And he said, well, you're not no more to call Jacob what you're going to call Israel. That's his character right there. You know, he just know. Jacob never think of who he was before. He, he think of what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And he know the Lord is with him. But by the time he should know himself, he might think it's too late, but God was right there. And let him know that you know more Jacob. Praise God. That's a great example. Great example. So I was going to say Come on, Dr. Wilmore. There's, hello? Um, there's a difference between character and reputation. So character is who you are when no one is looking, like Elder said. Mm -hmm. And then there's another type of character that people present, like Elder Rob, or Minister Rob said. Um, but that's actually reputation. Your reputation is what you want people to believe about you even if it's different than your actual character. Yep. And I'm so glad you, we'll, we'll go further into that next. Go ahead, Ellen. Okay, I get so spread when I hear everybody talk. Um, I wanna challenge, Minister, I wanna challenge the room. Because um, Pastor Rob said some things about you know people perceiving you and it made me think of Joseph. Um, family threw him in the pit because they thought he was somebody who was going to try to take over and control them and, you know, they got afraid of him. And none of that was so. Um, he was quiet. And when he got into Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife tried to do something yeah. that she thought he was going to give into, she perceived he was whatever, okay? And she thought she could coerce him into things. It wasn't. What I'm saying is, sometimes we're perceived, your character is not just who you're perceived to be because perception is subjective. My lens is not your lens. 
But character is consistent, like Joseph. No matter what happens, it doesn't change. So you can perceive me as being... I'm going to use me because I talk loud and kind of loud when I talk. Kind of loud all the time, but that's your perception. May not be that I am loud all the time, just maybe you're in the circumstances where I'm loud, like Joseph who had the dream and they thought the dream meant that he was going to control them. And, you know, all I'm saying is we have to be careful with the perception of what other people think of, right. of our character and know that your character is not about what people see, but or perceive, but how you are, how you actually present yourself consistently. Character to me is the inner me responding to given situations. The way I feel inside, the way I will respond to certain things that mm -hmm. go on in life. That's the inner me. God letting me see a view of the inner me, how I am. He lets me see myself. I believe that. That's got a lot to do with character. And thinking about another one of my daughters I never told y'all about, but I love her so much. But I'm going to tell you, my daughter, she, she would fly off at the handle on little things. So there was a time when I would fly off with her. And I'm so glad that um, I looked at the inner me. When she flew off with what she had to say, even though, you know, it wasn't relevant, you know, it wasn't even necessary that she would do that. But I used to respond to that and let her have it. But I felt a tiny voice tell me, shut up, just listen. <laughs> and I did. And, you know, I was very proud of the way I felt the character inside of me responding to her, um, um, letting her know that, you know, in spite of, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. A day later, she called me up and apologized. And she said, Mom, she said, I had a chance to think about myself. But I'm thinking about if I had responded in a negative way, she would have never called me back and looked at herself as well. So character is like the inner self, the inner. Okay. All right. Praise God. Um, Cheryl, she led right into uh, an Elder Jackson uh, and Minister Rob in regards to the next point that I want to talk about. And it reads as follows. As people often associate a reputation or a good name as a top priority which we should strive. In fact, our reputation should be, be important to us, especially as they relate to our fellow man and, of course, to God. However, as we see in many cases, reputations are often more manufactured than real. This leaves us wondering, is a good reputation all there is to uh, the equation, or is it more to it? Uh, Webster's New World Dictionary defines reputation as, a, as the estimation in which a person or thing is commonly held, whether favorably or not. It is character in view of the public, community, etc. 
what is unfortunate about some people's limited percept or conception of reputation is what we often see and believe about someone we may or may not totally who that person is. This is especially true for those whom we have limited exposure or those who are good at hiding the real person behind a, a, behind a, uh, a, fa a, a false deception or a fallacy, a, a perception, a trait evident in many circles such as politics, business, religion uh, today. Uh, the philosopher Albert Hubbard uh, probably put it in the most succinct way when we regard reputation in, on its own merits. Many a man's reputation would not know his character if they are met on the street. This is especially true with people of renown, such as politics, actors, uh, athletes, whose reputations are often skewed by the media or others often leaving an impression that they may or may not be who what that person actually is. As Hubbard reveals, the real defining aspect character must be defined in his reputation to get a real picture of who and what a person is, not only as it appears. So it's, it's who you are. Character is who you are, okay? So um, let us look at uh, some scriptures. Uh, let's see. This is coming out of Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40. You shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you this day, that it may go well with you and with your children after you and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord uh, which the Lord your God is giving you for all time so um, character So uh, the commentary is obeying the fifth commandment automatically builds habits and character that prolong life. You, you, one of the scripture reference to as well is uh, Proverbs chapter four verses four, uh, chapter four verses ten to eleven. A child trained in biblical principles and God's way of life will avoid recklessness, violence, immorality and rebellion against authority that often result in premature death. So it matters in, you know, as far as our children is concerned, uh, like, you know, the old saying, do as I say, uh, you know, uh, don't do as I do, but do as I say, in so many words. And like, you know, there, there are parents who actually sent their children to church, but they didn't go themselves. So in looking at that, you got to understand that, okay, you know, if I'm telling my child that this is the best way to live, then I have to show and be that individual. I have to uh, show them that, look, Christianity is the way of life. It is a better way of living. 
And by doing so, when we obey God's commandments, then we prolong our life. Uh, one of the other commandments is, is to honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with you, that thou mayest live long upon this earth. Don't you know, no matter what your parents did, No matter if they was a bad parent or if they were the best parent in the world, you have to honor them. God didn't put no stipulations on that. I know that can be tough for some people. Um, I was talking to a young lady today, and uh, we were talking about, you know, her grandmother because her grandmother's birthday was yesterday. And her grandmother's about 86 years old, and she showed me a picture of it, and I said, oh, your grandmother's beautiful. She had long, silky, uh, gray hair. Just looked, she didn't look like she was 86. And so she's like, that's my baby. And, you know, and I was like, yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about my grandmother because she had passed about over a year ago. And so uh, she mentioned her mother. And she said, I don't love my mother like I love my grandma. And she just opened up, you know, she just opened up and she said, because my mother abused me. You know, right then and there I was ready to say, well, you know, you still have to honor her. But it wasn't time for me to witness because God didn't say for me to, to speak into her life and say, listen, the Bible says this. Although I wanted to, but the Spirit didn't lead me to. It's very important to be led by the Spirit. Uh, so uh, she just, you know, and I thought about that. I was like, wow. And I thought about, you know, the rearing of my mother and how my mother reared all of her children. Even though I got a couple, you know, Hot Wheel tracks on the backside, you know, it hurt a little bit. <laughs> But it was for my good. And, you know, to this day, I, you know, even though I didn't like it when I was a child, I, I had to respect my mother. I have to honor her, and I do. You know, all of her children really love her. But So I want to encourage that if anybody is going through that circumstance, even though your parent may not have done what you thought that they should do or they didn't rear you correctly or they favored you over one of the other children, you still have to honor your parents. So as parents, we should have this character, this uh, way of living and living even when our children ain't looking because you might not think that your children are looking at you, but they are. They looking at you. Uh, my stepfather's uh, passed away back in 2003, I believe it is. God bless his soul. And uh, some of the things I saw him do as a, as a little boy, uh, you know, a teenager, I said, I'm going to try that too. I'm going to smoke me a little weed because stepdad doing it. I see him drink a couple beers. I'm going to try and drink me some beer. Stepdad doing it. You know, it was some of those things that he did uh, that I saw that wasn't good for me. And thank God the Lord saved my soul and got me away from uh, Delaware at an early age and, and, and got me saved. But um, 
I was watching him because my biological father was deceased. And he was the only picture that I had at the time. So, you know, if you've done it wrong and, you know, your children may be adults now and they may not have, uh, they may look at you in a different way. Oh, you're going to church now, mom, dad. You know, because when I was growing up as a child, uh, my brothers and sisters, when I came home, they said something different about him. Something's changed about he, he's not the same one that we know that had a bad temper. He ain't the same one that we know that smoked a little weed and drank a little bit. He's not the same person. So the character is, is, is God had changed me and, and changed my identity. You don't ever want to have an identity crisis. And what, what I mean by that is, is this. People that are in the church, are some of us are being a bad influence. And what I mean by the bad influence is because they say they are Christians on Sunday, but from Monday to Saturday, they live like hellions. And this is why some of the people that's out there in the world don't want nothing to do with the church because they saying you living like that. You in the church, you a hypocrite. So if you live in this way, then, you know, I might as well just keep on living my, the way I'm living too because I ain't no hypocrite. I ain't going to play with God like that. But I, I think that sometimes uh, people get brave because they play with God. But let me tell you something. Back in, in early church, you couldn't play with God like that. You couldn't even lie because he would kill you on the spot. You would drop dead. You can't lie to the Holy Ghost and get away with that back then. Thank God for Jesus, I'm telling you. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> Rob, you want to say something? Well, I wasn't in here from the beginning of your conversation because uh, I just so happened to step out. I heard a gentleman standing outside, and when I stepped out, he asked, could he get some water? And then he asked me, could I pray for him? Just now, just now, you know, and, and, and despite, in spite of what he may have been going through, he had faith enough to still seek prayer. You know, so, so we have to be careful about what people are going through or the situation that they're in because we don't know what they're going through. Yep. So we have to always be receptive and be ready to pray with them. You know, and, and when you were speaking about character and, and, and seeing your stepfather, I can remember myself seeing my, my brothers and sisters, we got different fathers. And I didn't grow up with my father in my life. And I seen different characters of men. And that shaped what I thought a man was supposed to be. So this is why we have to be careful of what our kids see or what we bring into our household because they're paying attention. They watch. They're, they're watching. I was speaking to a young lady about that today and because they're watching. I was watching. 
you know, and, and God dealt with me when I was away, and I asked him, I was, I was like, Father, why, why don't I have my father in my life? You know, and he said, I've given you many fathers, but I am your father. Mm -hmm. You know, so all the time I was seeking a father, but a worldview of what a father was. He said, I've given you worldly fathers, but the one you need to follow is me. You know, and, and, and it shaped who I am, and, and I'm continuing to be shaped. As I said, I thank God for the spiritual men that are surround, I'm surrounded with because mm -hmm. it's help, helping build my spiritual character along with my connection with God because he's there. I'm here on the earth, so I got to learn how to deal with the things of the world. So my spiritual connection with men and women of God will help influence me and drive me. And that's why you say we have to be careful of how we live in. Because we can be in here one day and be out there. We don't have, they're watching us. Mm -hmm. They're watching us. Excellent. Um, there was something else I want to uh, read too as well. Um, this has to do with uh, integrity. What does integrity mean? To have integrity means, <clears throat> excuse me, to have integrity means that you do the right thing, make the right choices without anyone watching. Please. You can't do it over there. You got to do it on the mic. <laughs> person with good character has integrity. Mm -hmm. Person who doesn't necessarily have good character but is concerned only with how they are perceived Correct. doesn't have good character. They're just concerned with their reputation. Some people have good character, but they're perceived a certain way, as Elder Carvella said earlier. So they have a reputation of X, Y, Z, but that doesn't necessarily accurately describe who they are. It's so, so false perceptions tend to lead to uh, describing a person's reputation. False perceptions are um, portrayed by the person because they want people to perceive them a certain way. Right. Or false perceptions could, could originate from the perceiver and they're mistaking how a person actually is. So a person with integrity may have a reputation, but their character will prove whether that reputation lines up with, character, with their character or not. Based Absolutely. on that. So for instance, when Joseph was, he may have been perceived a certain way. Yes. And then when he didn't. He was a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> then when he didn't uh, act according to the script, he didn't follow the script. He didn't do it. Then they, they realized that his character was not what they thought, so basically it was his a reputation that was a false perception. Thank you so much, that was awesome. I say integrity is upholding the truth in spite of situations and circumstances, you know, because sometimes you may be in a situation that, okay, I want that. If I lie about that, maybe I'll get it. But no, you tell the truth. Nevertheless, you tell the truth and you uphold 
you know, that integrity, because mm -hmm. within the integrity, there goes your character. Isn't it true? That's all I'm going to say. Give everybody a time. <laughs> I'm trying to think, and uh, I think the guy's name is Weinberg. The guy that was, he was a, a politician, and he was, he was uh, uh, sending out his picture. He was, um, he was supposed to be, I think he was from New York, and he was married to his wife, and he just was, you know, he, people perceived him as being a good, you know, moral person. But behind closed doors, he was sending new pictures to women and stuff and, and cheating on his wife. He just didn't, you know, who, who he said he was, it wasn't really who, who he was. He gave a false perception of himself so that people could perceive him as a good moral man. And he wasn't. We were talking about character and building character. Yes. And what Holy Spirit spoke to me was there was a period in Jesus' life that you didn't hear anything about him in the Bible. It goes from him being young to him being in the 30s. You didn't hear much of anything else. Well, 12, you heard right when he's 12. Um, Somebody call him. 12. Um, when he was 12, but you didn't hear much about his childhood. You didn't hear very little. You knew he was being raised as a carpenter. That Bible mentions that. But it, one of the things that's impactful about that is that it, it shows us that character is developed. It doesn't yes. happen because we were born. It doesn't even really happen when you get saved because it takes conscientious involvement in character. So uh, Jesus built character along the way. Um, we, we, we learn to have our character. We learn, because we can learn not to be, not to have character too. You know, you know people, lives, cheat, steal, kill, all those things. But so what, the point here is that Character is not something we, and we often talk about it. It is not something where people want to stick their chest out and say, well, I have character and that's the way my family is. No, I don't care how your family is. It, it takes some growing into to Absolutely. have character. Absolutely, definitely. Um, and, and we talked about that last week where trials and tribulations, sufferings will show your true character. And sometimes we wonder why we are going through the things that we're going through. God is developing the character. He's building character in all of us when we experience those sufferings and trials. He's building character. And, I, you, know, I was, you know, and going back to Job, I'm like, you, you was building character in Job, and this, you said this man was upright and he avoided evil. I mean, God, you said this. So, but there was still something God saw in him that needs to be developed. And sometimes we think that we have arrived and we really haven't because God knows what we need. He knows what to pull on and tug on and say, okay, well, it's time for you to go this way. 
you know, the seasons of life and things that we experience. Um, I want to uh, lastly point out one individual who was out of character. Um, and it was, it was a great deal of, uh, uh, the Bible says your sin will find you out. It, it just will. It, it will find you out. David, he was out of position, number one. He was supposed to be at war with the rest of the mighty men of valor. He was, uh, 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 he was supposed to be with them, but he decided he wanted to stay back. And so as a result of that, one day he's looking out of the castle and he just looks over. He sees Bathsheba nude and, and bathing herself. And as a result of him, his, his, um, his eye gates and his mind, and his body started to react to what he saw, and it got to the point where he said, I got to have her. So it was totally out of character for him to be out of position. And sometimes we go to places we shouldn't go, and we're out of position. Sometimes we look at stuff that we shouldn't look at, and we're out of position. It's just, it, it is what it is. We're going to uh, have the enemy try to attack us in any way possibly that he can to appeal to the flesh, to get us out of character so he could say, see God, you cru they crucified Jesus afresh again. So uh, David was out of character. He was... He was uh, in a position where he shouldn't have been. And let me tell you, he paid the price for that. Because the prophet Nathan told him, uh, well, you know, he gave him a parable and he said, listen, he said, there was one man who had one lamb and the other one had many. But this one other one looked at this other man's lamb and wanted to take that one. And he said, who is this man? I, he needs to be put to death and all. And so Nathan told him, you are the man. You had her husband placed on the front line to be killed in the act of war. And so what God's going to do, God is going to take this child. And he fasted and prayed and threw sackcloth and ashes all on himself. And God said, mm-mm. And not only that, the prophet Nathan told him this, because you have done this, Turmoil shall be in your house all the days of your life. Sin is heavy. It's a heavy price. It will find you out. So if you're right now in a position where you're out of character, get back in. Get back in. Repent. Say, God, listen, I'm totally out of character. I need to get back where you called me to be because I've lost my identity. I got a crisis going on here. I forgot who I was or who I am. God never ever wants you to forget who you are. Looking into the perfect law of liberty. Uh, Michael Jackson sang a song a long time ago, Man in the Mirror. You got to look at you and know who you are and be and say who you are 
because people are watching, especially other people that's out in the world, even, especially your family members. They waiting for you to mess up. Oh, I thought you were saved. I thought you were saved. The day that I quit smoking cigarettes, I was 19. I was 19. And uh, I said, God, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was serious. I was really sincere with God. And I said to him, if I continue to do this, I know I'm going to die for cancer early. And I don't want to break my mom's heart like that. And so... I confessed it, I believed it, and I, it was, that was it. So here comes the enemy, because I was in the military, and some people might know this story. I was in the military, and we had, uh, you know, we had, we call it the barracks in the military terms, like a room, and so we had like three guys to a room, large room, so, you know, while we were going to school. So it's one guy, who I knew, he came right in after I prayed, right in after I made my confession. And I said, I don't want to smoke. He said, Green, come on, let's go smoke some cigarettes. You know, because at the time, you could smoke inside. It wasn't no big deal, you know, until they made all these changes with smoking inside and stuff, secondhand smoke. So I was, I told him I didn't smoke no more. He smoked the same brand. He said, oh, Green, you don't smoke no more, huh? He got a big old smile on his face, had his little pocket with his cigarettes and pulled that cigarette out, put it in his mouth, pop. You sure you don't want to smoke? <laughs> Blowing it right in my face. I said, I don't smoke no more. So this is where the rubber meets the road. If you say who you are, then be that. Just be it. And it might be tough. You might not get there overnight. It might not happen instantaneously. It might be a progressive type thing. But eventually, God, I'm, I'm going to get there. Believe that you're going to get there. Just know that. Because in the last sentence I'm going to say is, people are watching. People are watching.